Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. We've been in this series called Preppers. And we've been talking about preparing for God's presence, preparing for God's purpose. Kenny talked about last week, which was an incredible message. And we've been talking about preparing for God's promises. Well, today I want to talk to you about something I believe is so important. uh, And that is, you know, Valentine's Day is in just a couple days. Come on, somebody. And I want to talk to you about preparing for the right person. Preparing for the right person. Now, you may be in the room or online, and you may say, oh, well, I already got my person. They're right here by my side. Well, good. I'm glad you already have your person by your side. Well, here's what we need to do if we have them already by our side. How can we can continue to prepare to be the right person for them? Because you never stop being the right person. Come on, married people. Married people are like, oh, I thought this was going to be for the singles. Now, singles in the room, you know what I'm saying? Singles always want the right person but don't want to be the right person. Oh, man, it's going to get real spicy in here today. Okay, I'm going to stop. Too much hips, too much hips. Later, later. It's going to get real spicy in here today. Hey, I'm excited about this message, and I'm telling you, I just believe as I've been studying the last couple weeks about this message, I'm going to be honest with you. If you have children in the room, Okay, if you have children online, we're going to be going PG-13 today, okay? We're not going R or X, real weird, okay? But we, we are going to go PG-13. Why? Let me explain why. Some of the things we're going to talk about today, the reason why is because the world is giving us all different types of information about relationships, about who we're supposed to be, about who we're not supposed to be. And if we don't learn the right things and the right principles in church, where do we learn them? And so we're going to be bringing some stuff up. So if you're uncomfortable with it, (laughs) praise God, you better get real comfortable real quick. (laughs) As I'm talking about preparing for the right person, I thought what better people to talk about in the Bible uh, than in Genesis with Adam and Eve. Now, I will say this. If you're married in the room or online, you know, Ash and I, we've been married almost nine years. I am not a relationship guru. That is not my gift. That is not, I am, I am not the guy that went to school for marriage. That's not who I am, okay? Uh, but I do believe the Bible is the marriage guru. And so, and relationship guru. And so we're gonna, I'm just gonna give you biblical principles and we're gonna talk about it. And so you may be married in the room a lot longer than us and you know that I look to you and I know some of y'all, y'all, y'all help us and encourage us. And so I'm not here to try to tell you what it is to do. I'm just here to remind you. Now, if you're single in the room, I'm here to tell you. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7, let's read it together today. It says, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Then the Lord God planted a garden in, the e- in, the, in Eden, excuse me, in the east, and there he placed the man that he had made. Next scripture, please. And we're going to jump down to verse 15. It says, Then God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. We're going to skip down to verse 21 for the sake of time. It just talks about some other things with the animals and stuff. Then we jump down and it says this. It says, the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the ribs 
or from the rib. He brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. Now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. Come on, somebody. Bless God, if you're married, you should have gave me an amen. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) The Bible says that God formed man and he breathed the breath of life into man. And Adam is alive through the breath of life. Then he says that he looks and he sees Adam and he sees, he says, it's not good for man to be alone. Come on, gentlemen, you know what I'm talking about. It's not good for man to be alone. I need to create a helper for him who is just right for him, the Bible says, the right person. Then the Bible says that he, he puts Adam into this deep sleep and he pulls this rib. This must have been a real deep sleep. You know what I'm saying? He pulls a rib from Adam's rib cage. He creates woman. And the Bible says that he brings Eve to Adam. The Bible says that Adam sees him and he says at last. He's been looking at all the animals. He's been looking at all the birds. He's been looking at all the fish. The Bible says he says at last there's one that's a bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. He sees her and he says, whoa, man. Y'all see what I did there? Some of y'all, you still don't get it, but it's okay. It's early. It's the 930. We're going to pray for you later. You know what I'm saying? Some of y'all, you got it and you didn't laugh. We're really going to pray for you later. You know what I'm saying? He says, we're going to call her woman. And after he, he does that, he says that they, the Bible says they were in the garden and the Bible says that they're naked and felt no shame. From this scripture, from Adam and Eve today, I wanna talk to you about how I really believe that we are to be the right people and to help continue to prepare to be the right person for our spouse. If you're not married, then for the person that you are waiting for in your life. I do know this. There are three different things that I see in the scripture, a lot of different ones, but three different things I wanna talk to you today about specifically that I see with Adam and Eve that we must do to really help us prepare for who God has called us to be. Number one, we need to prepare in our identity in our identity. The Bible says in Genesis chapter one in verse 26, I want you to read this with me. It says this, that God said, let us make mankind in our own image so that in our likeness, so that that we may rule, he may rule over the fish and the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Let us make God in our own image. Then he says, so God created mankind in his own image image, the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. He created male and female in in his likeness, in his image. Oftentimes what we do as a culture, as a society, is we think a relationship or a person is going to help us find who we are. The Bible says that we are created in his image, not someone else's image. Now, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. It, here's, what's the, here's what's interesting. This is what the Lord's been challenging me with. How in the world can we really give ourselves fully to someone if we don't know who we are? How can we fully really give ourselves to someone if we don't really know who we are? That means we are giving a gift to someone. If you're already married, you're like, oh, I already gave them to, to myself to them. Well, are we, if, if we give ourselves to them and we don't really know who we are in our identity in Christ, here's what happens. Now, that's not love, that's a lottery. Let me explain. Now, I'm jumping into this and I'm hoping that I can figure out who I am in this relationship. And I'm hoping you can help me. Well, here's the problem about the lottery. Hardly anybody ever wins. 
I meet people all the time like, yeah, it's $2.4 billion. They're like, I got a lottery ticket. I said, well, I'm gonna pray for you. Don't forget to tithe. (laughs) 2.4, 10%. But guess what? They come to me the day after and they say, I didn't win. And I said, no joke. Why? Because a lottery is not something, it's a luck, it's a chance, it's a, it's a, it's a, if we, ho- we hope to or maybe by, by some God crazy circumstance that you may win in a lottery. And here's what happens. Oftentimes it's the same thing with relationships. We get into a relationship, we don't know who we really are in Christ, and so now we're jumping into this hoping that we can figure out who we are and they can figure out who they are together and be so now, instead of two becoming one and they know who they are becoming one, now it's like I'm trying to figure it out, I'm trying to figure it out, and now we're all kind of confused. Our identity. The scripture says that the serpent comes, y'all know the scripture, the serpent comes and starts talking Eve. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 3, she said, he, he, he tempts her with the fruit. The Bible says that she says that God said that we can't eat it or we'll die. And this is what we pick up in the scripture. The Bible says right here, you won't die, the serpent replied. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it and you will be like God knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced she saw the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted to, the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of it, the fruit, and she ate it. Check this out. Now she gave some of her husband who was with her and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were open. Check this out. Their eyes were open. They suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves up. It's interesting. A couple things I see about this scripture. Eve is talking and having conversation with this serpent. The serpent tells her, she says, God says, I can't do that or I'll die. And the serpent immediately combats that and says, that's a lie, you won't die. He starts to try to deceive her about what God said. I learned a couple things. One, it shows me this. A woman will talk to anybody. She's sitting there chatting with a snake. And everybody thinks it's normal. And here's the crazy thing. The Bible says Adam's standing right next to her like he knows it's normal. Here's what we see. The Bible says she sees the fruit. She hears what the serpent has to say. The Bible says that she then sees that it's delicious and desires its wisdom and takes the fruit and eats it. Then the Bible says she immediately gives it to Adam. And Adam, being any bro on the planet, he's like, okay. He doesn't even say anything. At least she tried. He didn't even, he's like, all right, let's just, uh, fine. He grabs a fruit, he eats it. The Bible says immediately something interesting happens. The Bible says they notice their nakedness and are ashamed. And the Bible then says they go and they cover themselves with fig leaves. Now it's interesting because just a moment ago we read that they were naked and felt no shame. Sin came in and then because of the sin, now they felt nakedness and now they had to change who God created. See, here's what sin often does. Sin doesn't just cause us to cover up and want to hide our sin. Sin causes us to start to cover up who we are. 
The consequences of sin is this, I'm not comfortable in who God has really made me. And so now I have to start to try to shift and change and be someone that I never thought I would be because I feel uncomfortable in my own skin. Our identity. It's so interesting to me that Eve says, God said, we can't do that. And he says, no, that's not what God says. God says, God is, don't worry about that. God knows you'll be like him, so just go ahead and eat it. Isn't it interesting? If this is me, I say this is me, we would all fail. None of us are better than Adam and Eve. We all at some point would have fallen. Why? Because we all have fallen. But here's what I know. The question that we should ask ourselves and the question that Eve should have asked herself is says, okay, this. If you said that's what God means with that, hold on a second. Let me wait a day and then let me go ask God. And then I'll come back to you and I'll let you know what God said. See, we can't ever figure out who we are if we don't go to the one who created us. So we have to take time and say, okay, wait, what does God say about this? Here's the question we all have to ask ourselves. Where are we getting our information about ourselves and about our relationships? Because if you're getting them, oh, I'm just going to talk to you for a second. I'm just wound up today. If you're getting them from Hollywood, I'm telling you, you're off. And I'm not hating on Hollywood. Yeah, I kind of am, actually. I'm hating on Hollywood. If you're getting them from some celebrity, you're probably off. But here's what's interesting. We'll allow all these downloads of all these different things of movies and television and, 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 uh, and articles and, and Instagrams and TikTok of all these things we think relationships should be and who we should be and who we, who we think, who we, how we feel and all these things. The next thing you know, we have all this information from the world and then now we're trying to figure out how God wants us to do it but all of our information comes from the world. Eve should have said, hold on, I gotta stop and not get information from you for a second, I need to get it from God, the source of my creator, uh, of who created me. We should be doing the same thing. If our information is coming from the world, more than likely our identity is skewed in how we see ourselves and how we see others. It's so vital that we understand this because we have to be a people that live a life, of, that, uh, that live as understanding we have identity, in Christ. Here's what I wrote down, it's so important. You know, the lie in the trap is that we would be like God in our own eyes. See, God made us in his image. Scripture said, we just read it a moment ago. But then the serpent right here, the enemy, God made us in his image, but then the serpent, the scripture says right here, he says, You'll, he, God knows you will be like him. So we're made in his image, that's our identity. But sin and what happens in the world, and this is what happens, will cause us to try to get us, and wrong identity will try to get us to become like God in our own eyes. Meaning this, what I say goes. What I feel goes. What I want goes. My way or the highway. Why? Because that is the source of where I feel like I should be. I should be made like God. I'm not just made in his image. I should be made like God in being able to rule and live the way that I want to live. And this is what the enemy does. And the enemy tries to create this concept of where we can start to rule in our lives and reign in our own lives. And it's interesting to me that Adam and Eve, they, they face two different type of temptations. They, even Adam faced two different type of temptations. And here's what happens. Oftentimes what we, we do in our lives is when we're walking out our relationships or walking out our life, we'll start to create idols, meaning this, we put something before God. 
And as we put something before God, we start to find our identity in that very thing. And so here's what happens. Eve, she put her own desires before God. She put her feelings. There's two idols that we have faced and we continue to face since the beginning of time. And we see it right here with Adam and Eve. One, Adam and Eve, the idol of self. Eve, was, she says, it says she saw the fruit and she felt like it was good. She desired it in herself and she desired the wisdom that it would bring. What is that? That's all self. It's my feelings. My feelings rule. And it's so interesting in our day and our culture and our age, how we, have, we talk about all these different idols that people have in cars and, and, car, and boats and houses and all those things may, tree, tr- may be true. But the greatest idol we face is ourselves and our own desires. Just because you feel it doesn't mean it's right. But here's what happens. In our culture, we live in a society that says, if you feel it, do it. If you want it, go after it. If you, you've been married for 15, 20, 30 years, don't worry about it. You got there's a side piece, go, go after the side piece. Just go. It doesn't matter. Why? Because you're feeling it. And it's interesting to me that from the very beginning of time, Eve faced this idol and she fell and how we often do the very same thing. That when self says, go for it, the flesh says, I want it or I need it, we just move into that situation. And here's what happens when we do this, when we sin. See, here's what sin does. Sin creates identity distortion. Okay, here's what happens. She sinned, they felt no shame. She sinned, then they felt shame. Immediately, the Bible says, she goes and she gets fig leaves. They get fig leaves and she, they start to try to cover themselves. They're covering themselves up. Every, you know, they're covering themselves up everywhere they can. They're covering themselves. Now here's what's interesting. Here's it. Just go with me. I'm just talking to y'all for a second. This is supposed to be three points. We may go into another three-point series. Praise God. Okay, here we go. Oh, it's all good. We're going to try to get it done here. Okay, 11 minutes. Here we go. This is point one. Okay, good. <laughs> y'all just love me, okay? Here's what happens. She starts to cover herself. He starts to cover himself. Why? Because sin creates... Identity distortion. And here's what identity distortion does. Identity distortion distortion says, I have to change the way God made me so that I can feel comfortable in who I am. They cover themselves up. It's interesting to me how this is what we do. And I'm not just talking about our sin. It could be this, the curse of sin on this planet. We can get to a place where we start to try to cover ourselves up with all these other things because we want to be comfortable in our own skin. The Bible says, we just read it in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26 and 27. We just read it a moment ago. The Bible says that God created male and female. I want to talk about this because there's identity distortion going on in our country and our world. Let me tell you something. God created male and God created female. Period. God created male and God created female, period. And again, hear me, hear me, hear me when I say that. There's been so much identity distortion, hear me, hear me. There's been so much identity distortion in our culture, in our world where people now, and I'm not hating on these people, I'm gonna talk to these people in a moment, but people now feel like we just, whoever, however we feel, that's who we wanna be. And so I need to change or distort who God made me to feel comfortable in my own skin. Well, here's what I have to say. 
Again, the Bible says God created male and female. Now, what if someone that maybe feels different about that, maybe somebody that thinks different or, or feels different about themselves and that, here's what I have to say to them. We love you. We care about you. But I have to say this. The world has given you so much information for so long and your feelings have given you information for so long. I would just ask you to challenge your feelings and seek the truth. Because the Bible says the truth will set you free. And I'm not making fun of you. To be honest, to be honest, I'm not against you. I'm not against, if you're online, you're watching, I'm not against you. Oh my gosh, I'm not against you. Why? Because here's what I know. I Just like I'm not against someone that's cheating on their spouse and got a side piece. I'm not against them. Just like someone that, that's stuck in, in, and trapped in pornography. I'm not, I'm not against them. But here's what we do as a culture. So let me talk to the church for a second. Here's what we do. We, we try to level up on what we think sin should be and what sin should not be. And that's not right either. Here's what we are. We're called to be a people that love people where they are. And we want to love you where you are. And we just want to, I want to shine truth in your area of life. Why? Because if you can't hear it in love at church, where are you going to hear it? Because love is not just always acceptance. Love is truth and saying, I'm going to love you where you are in truth. That's it. That's it. Yeah, you can, you can, I'm getting, and here's the thing, here's the thing. Here's the thing, here's the thing. If you're at a place in your life, I know this is real serious, people are like, whoa, what's going on? Here, I just, I, I'm at a place in my life. Here's my, here's my heart. I'm telling you my heart. Please hear my heart. I'm at a place in my life where one day I know I will meet Jesus. The Bible says that we will be responsible for everything that we've done and said, that we'll be judged. I personally, as a pastor, will be judged more than you will be by how much I've talked to you. And here's what I know. I'm not responsible for your feelings. I'm responsible for your souls. And so I need to shine truth in areas of your life where in your soul, because I know this, Jesus loves you and so do we. And we as a church have to get better. Hear me. We have to get better at welcoming and loving people where they are. Because we can get real like, oh yeah, we love you, we welcome you. And when people are different than us, we're like, oh, 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 I'm uncomfortable. Oh, I don't know what to do. No, 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 let me explain something. We all have identity distortions somewhere in our lives. And so I'm not calling anybody out. That's not my heart. What I'm doing is I'm saying, I want to show you and shine truth and where the, what the Bible says, not what I say, what the Bible says. Why? Because the Bible says truth will set you free. Identity. As, as people that are Christians that are walking out our lives. We can have all these different things we try to cover up and try to change who we are. We start to cover ourselves up with our job. And so next thing you know, here's what we do. We, we, what we do is who we are. So now I'm a pastor before I'm a son of God or I'm a pastor before I'm a child of God or, or you're an athlete and so now you, you're known as an athlete and everybody knows you as an athlete or, or you're a CEO and, everybody, and we're covering ourselves up because we want to be comfortable in our own skin. Why? Because we're comfortable in our own skin. We can justify why we do what we do. And this is what the enemy tries to do. This is what the consequence or the ripple effect, if you will, of sin the ripple effect of sin is identity distortion. Meaning this, the Bible says we have all sinned and fallen short. Everybody on the planet other than Jesus. That means every person on the planet has identity distortion somewhere in their life. We all deal with it. 
We have to all go back to, okay, are we, are we, are we putting up all the fig, fig leaves and all to try to cover up who we think we are or who we should be? Or are we be, really being a people that says, no, I'm going to trust and be vulnerable with my life to God, and I'm going to allow God to begin to shift and change and make me who I am. Why? Because those other things don't satisfy me. The job will never satisfy you. You can have all the money in the world. We see it all the time and you'll never be satisfied. You can have the most beautiful person in your life. You can have the dream woman or dream guy in your life and they will not satisfy you. How do I know that? Talk to somebody that's married. <laughs> the single people are laughing. The married people are like, yep. I guess we're gonna do another three-part series, praise God. <laughs> Our identity. It's so vital, hear me, it's so vital that we would be people. Because here's where we are. If we really have really established in our identity with Christ, now we walk in the authority of Christ. And when we walk in the authority of Christ, we can look at the sin and the temptation, we can say no. That's not for me. God's got something better for me. God's got a better person for me. Let me tell you something, single people in the room, the temptation to give yourself away to every person that feels good or you love or you like or looks good or looks pretty or whatever, the temptation for that, let me tell you something, you can get so caught up in losing your identity that you think that's what it looks like to live your life. Let me tell you something, get back to living your life and being established in Christ and now here's what happens. Then you realize those temptations, that's not really worth it. Why? Because that's not what God has for you. He's got something better for you. Identity. I love that Eve, she has this idol that she deals with. I don't love it, but I'm just showing it to you how God's speaking to me. But he, I love that she shows that she has, this, she has this idol. It's herself. And then Adam, it's the second idol. It's crazy. The two idols that we all face still to this day. Self. And then here's what's interesting. Adam then, she says, it's the Bible says, he hands her the, she hands him the fruit. And the Bible says, with no question, he grabs the fruit and eats it. Here's the other idol. You're like, oh, what is it? What is it? I'm glad you're on the edge of your seat. But here's what it is. One is self, and two, it's another relationship. It's a relationship. Do you know single people oftentimes will never say it, but they think a relationship will fulfill me. A relationship will satisfy me. A relationship will bring something into my life that's missing. And some of that may be true, where God sometimes is allowing something in your life. He wants to bring somebody in your life. But here's what it is. There's no relationship on the planet that is going to satisfy or fulfill us. Why? Because it can become an idol. Why? And God, doesn't, God is not in the idol-making business. Okay? And so maybe you're married in the room. And maybe you've put your spouse above the Lord in your life. Let me tell you something. Your marriage is going to struggle. Idols aren't meant to just, just to get us to distance ourselves from God. Idols are often meant to harm us. So a godly relationship, if it becomes an idol, can begin to harm us. If you're single in the room, oftentimes people think that, or online, not just in the room, oftentimes people think that if, I, if, I, if I'm patient and I wait, this relationship's gonna come. And all of a sudden, without saying it, we subconsciously think all of a sudden, it's just life's gonna be better. No. Life's gonna be 20 times harder. Talk to anybody that's married. 
And here's what the Lord was showing me. This is what I, as I was studying and I was praying this week. People sometimes wonder why has God sent the person they're praying for? Could it be that because you've placed a relationship as an idol and because God's not in an idol making business, he's waiting for you to drop it down. You've wait, you're waiting so much so and want something so bad that it's become an idol and you think it's gonna fulfill you or bring joy to you or bring life to you when that is only God and God alone. And so now he can't bring the person he wants to bring because he's waiting for you to put him first. I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm preaching up in this beast. I'm telling you, I'm feeling myself up here. It could be a child. It could be another relationship. It's not just single people married folks, because here we go, married folks, when I really talk about it, we can let the kids get real important real fast. Some people, they'd be like, oh, that's my baby. My baby's number one. No. When your baby's number one, let me tell you something, every other relationship's gonna struggle. And you're gonna find that out in 15, 20 years when that baby's moving out. And now your relationship with your spouse is nothing more than your relationship between your children. And not only that, oh, I'm gonna preach. I just, I'm, oh my God, help me, Jesus. Not only that, idols are not just to cause us to distance ourselves from God, but oftentimes can harm us. We put our children first with good intentions of wanting them to live like God. But what can happen is because we're putting them before God, we end up harming them and they flee from God. We live in a society, in a world where statistically people are leaving the church, young people are leaving the church. So I love our church. Young people are flocking to church. I love it. I really don't know why, but I love it. But here's what I know. The statistic in the world, the statistics in the world say that young people are fleeing from church. Why? Because there are so many good Christian parents that are putting their children first. And idols harm us. It goes back to our identity. Our identity is only in Christ and Christ alone. And then from there, everything flows out. The very idols, oh my gosh, it's mind blowing to me this week. The very idols that Adam and Eve faced and fell into are the very idols we face every day here on this planet. Here's the question that we have to ask ourselves in this three part mini series. Here's the question. What's our identity in? What's your identity in? Because if something's before God in your life, it's an idol. And in every idol, we find our identity. And here's what's interesting. The very things that we're putting before God are the very things that are, that are harming us. Can I challenge you today as I close? To be a group of individuals that find our identity in Christ and Christ alone. How do I do that? How do I, know, how do I really do that? First, you gotta give your life to him. If you're in the room or online, you've never given your life to Christ, the first way to get your, your, your identity in Christ is you gotta give your life to him. The Bible says that when we give our lives to Christ, we become new creations in him. We're sons and daughters. For those of us that are in the room that are online that are Christians, how do we do that? We have to continue to seek him first. 
oh, thank you, brother. That was like, in like I was like, ah, I mean, that was like a heavenly moment there. It's like, the angels. We have to continue to put him first. How do we do that? Your time, your attention. You can very quickly know what's first in your life by what you give your time to. Here's what I want to challenge you with. Let's put God first. If we really want to prepare for the right person and be the right person for those of us that are married, it starts with God first. And it's such a cliche saying, I know it's like what everybody says. It's like, yeah, God's first. Okay, God first, yeah. But I really mean that. Like really with our time, with our lives, with our attention, we put him first. No relationship no financial situation, no job, no article or, or materialistic thing that we may have, him first. And as we do that, the Bible says, we all know the scripture in Matthew chapter six, the Bible says, if we seek him first, all those other things will be added to us. So let's be a people that put God first, amen. Can we pray today? Father, I thank you so much.